This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Deep breath. And the pitch. Arise has it. Not an easy play. His throw. Wide, and the A's are going to win. you got to be kidding me. Kemp scores. Andrew scores. And the luck and everything that's going right for the A's just continues. Unbelievable. An air kept the game going. Another air and two runs score. And the A's continue. What a stretch by the Athletics. It's BetQL Daily with Joe Ostrowski on the BetQL Audio Network. Minnesota gave that one away a couple of different times, including right there in the 10th inning. You heard right there. But, man, got to give credit to Oakland as the winning streak continues. Welcome back into BetQL Daily. Download the free Odyssey app today to watch, listen, and subscribe to the BetQL Daily podcast. And you can also watch and listen live on the Odyssey Sports YouTube page. Let's bring in Sean Zarello at Sean Zarello on Twitter. Talk some Major League Baseball, hopefully some UFC as well from the Action Network. Sean, the Athletics, they are the number one story. They were one of the top stories in the first week because they went 0-6, and now they're the biggest thing going because they've won 11 consecutive games. A lot of times when that happens in sports, um, those two extremes, we, we say the reality is somewhere in between. What do you think the identity of the April A's is? Yeah, they've been on some run of, of- – been fortunate enough to back them through a lot of this run i think they were pretty undervalued after that opening weekend sweep against the astros and since then they've just been absolutely on a tear uh was on them yesterday was on their first five line as well which they ended up blowing in the top of the fifth at a 7-4 lead and gave up three runs there uh the, the amount of times i walked away from that game and turned it back on yesterday was insane that was one of the most fun regular season games i've ever watched but man the swings had my heart going um so they've been they've been the worst defensive team in baseball this year, which is surprising <laughs> when you have yeah. a pair of corner infielders like Matt Chapman and Matt Olson. Uh, typically, would expect them to be one of the better defensive teams, but they also rank eighth in terms of being the unluckiest offense to date. So I, I think there's you know if you expect them to be a better defensive team going forward, if you expect the other things to regress, I actually kind of like the way Oakland's shaping up now, even though their bullpen looks like a disaster at the start of the year. Um, managed when they all left last year. We were all over those features. So tough to be too down on this on this Oakland team. I just I don't know if they're the favorite to win the AL West at this point, despite how they're playing. Corbin Burns has been getting a bunch of NL Cy Young money since the season started. Well deserved. He's now the second favorite, pretty close to DeGrom. DeGrom plus two twenty five, Burns plus three fifty on some sites. But uh, my question isn't about between those two, which one's going to win the award. What I'm wondering, has that created some value as they've separated themselves from the rest of the National League? Is there value this early in the season uh, on another pitcher to get into the mix at some point? I don't know. Um, you know, I've, I'm just kind of of the opinion that if DeGrom stays healthy, it's, it's his award to lose. He's just been so consistent over the past few years, and he's throwing harder than ever this year. Highest average fastball velocity ever for a starting pitcher in the StatCast era. 
So I think between him and Burns, there's there's a reason why they've separated themselves. If Burns is continuing to pitch at this level, he's obviously going to rival DeGrom, but it's, it really is DeGrom's award to lose unless he gets hurt just because of the performance level that he's established over the past few years and what we could expect to project going forward. But one kid who's really impressed me, I don't think he's going to garner a ton of Cy Young votes this year unless he continues to just ramp it up. But uh, Trevor Rogers on the Marlins is absolutely yeah. electric. You don't see a lot of lefties throwing a fastball up at 97 miles an hour and his his secondary stuff his changeup and his flyer aren't incredible but because he's throwing so hard it just complements them and he's got pretty good command of all three of those pitches too so he can do whatever he wants with them so Rodgers has really impressed me so far but you know he's he's definitely more of a long shot I, I think it's really between DeGrom and Burns as you mentioned Sean, I got back-to-back questions, and they're, and they're kind of related. The first one is, and maybe this is bad timing because I know he's uh, been playing very well lately. Are we to the point where Mike Trout, for the first time in however long, might not be the best player in baseball? Or is it still Mike Trout? I think it's Mike Trout until somebody clearly establishes that, you know, they've overtaken him. I thought Ronald Acuna Jr., I thought Juan Soto coming into this year, both had the potential to surpass him. I think people perceive that Fernando Tatis Jr. has the potential to surpass him as well. I don't necessarily think that's the case. Uh, Tatis has some issues on the defensive end, which is the problem that I have with Trout to a big degree. He's not an even an average center fielder anymore. He's a pretty below average center fielder. Uh, and I don't really think the angels have done the best to maximize their roster by finding a true center fielder to move them over to a corner spot. So Trout's still the best hitter in baseball. Uh, you know, as long as Soto is going to be on the IL, but I, I think when you put the whole package together, he's still the best player. Just the way Acuna was hitting, if he comes back healthy, I think there's definitely a chance that if he's cleaned up some plate discipline issues that he could overtake Trout by the end of the year. All right, so that leads to the follow-up question, which is you look at the NL MVP, AL MVP, Trout's still plus 220, Otani plus 1,000, Bregman plus 1,200 in the AL, and in the NL, Acuna's plus 320, Soto plus 650, Mookie Betts plus 800. you see any value there, AL or NL MVP right now? Yeah, Betts is tough because he got hit on the forearm the other day. I mean, I expect the Dodgers to potentially threaten the single-season wins record, and it's going to be hard to deny somebody from winning the MVP from that team, even if you do have guys like like Betts and Seager and Bellinger stealing votes from each other. Bellinger's still out as well. Um, so if, if I had some preseason props on Betts, uh, most runs, most hits. If he gets back into the lineup quickly and ends up playing 155 games, I certainly think he's viable, but to the, the same degree, I think that's a knock against a guy like Otani. Uh, and that's the, the biggest issue I had coming into the year with Otani. Is he really going to play more than 120 to 130 games? Going to throw more than 110 innings? Uh, his command's been a little bit off. Um, it's just, it's hard to foresee a path where he wins the MVP via the Angels winning the AL West and Mike Trout isn't the best player on that team. So, it seems like a pretty small window for Otani to get in there. Uh, the way, Like I said, the way Acuna was hitting, I certainly think he's deserving to be lined as the favorite currently in the NL. But, you know, you, you got to watch injury situations because playing time is so crucial. And the past few years, the past 10 years, uh, I think 90% of the MVPs have finished in the top three in their respective leagues and wins above replacement. So you do need to just rack up playing time ultimately by the end of the year in order to get there.
Sean, if I had a World Series future involving the New York Yankees, how concerned should I be with their 6-11 and 11 start? Yeah, so if you go by the expected difference between weighted on base average, which is the, the kind of the single number that people use to quantify like player production, um, and they use it for DFS large part, but if you look at the difference between actual weighted on base average and expected weighted on base average, which takes in all batted ball data, walks and strikeouts, the Yankees are the third unluckiest team in terms of offensive output and the single unluckiest team in terms of their pitching. So since the start of the year, their playoff odds per fan grass have dropped by about 20%. They went from 91% to 73.5%. Their divisional odds went from 70% down to 47%. So they're no longer a you know a minus money favorite in Fangraph's eyes to win the AL East. I haven't rerun my own projections, but I managed on find something similar with them a few games behind. But I think regression, positive regression, is definitely in their future. Um, they're hitting the ball hard. They're just not getting the right results. They're not allowing too hard of contact on the pitching side, but unfortunately, they're they're just getting lit up. So I, I think as guys like Kluber and Tyon continue to settle into the season, find their form fully. They just they don't have a ton of rotation depth that's behind Cole right now that's performing. Domingo Herman getting the ball today. We'll see how he does because he was so effective two years ago. So I, I wouldn't be I'd be concerned that I bought in on them at a you know a preseason number that might be less optimal than what you get now. I, I do think if you're looking for a team to buy low on, uh the Yankees now could be the time or if they continue to flounder throughout the rest of April, I'd I'd certainly look to jump in on them if the number climbs. Where else do you find value in the American League? Because I feel like in the National League, you know, there's maybe three or four. I mean, there's two real serious World Series contenders, like in my opinion, and that's the Dodgers and the Padres who are going to play again tonight. But in the American League, where do you see some value? Because, I mean, I was high on the Yankees. You brought up the A's to start. Um, Is that who you're kind of looking at? So I'm starting to think that the Royals are legitimate. Wow. Um, Yeah. I I have some indicators that, if anything, they've been – so they've been the luckiest pitching team to date. And I don't think the, the veterans in that rotation, guys like Duffy and Minor, I don't know how well they're going to hold up. But on the hitting side, they've been one of the unluckiest offenses, and they're still just lighting up the ball. Their lineup is deep on paper. But they've they've literally gotten nothing from Dozier, uh, Benatendi, or Solaire, and they're still above 500 right now. So if you could find, I think their fair odds to win the division right now are probably still something like 10 to 1. But if you could find, you know, an 8 to 1 out there on them to win their division right now, I'm not going to argue against you taking it. Uh, I think that AL Central is going to be a mess all year. Um, I think the NL Central is going to be a mess all year, too. I think those divisions were wide open coming into last year. No different this year. Uh, But the AL Central looks even more competitive top to bottom than it did last year where it was kind of the White Sox, Twins, and Indians just competing at the top. I, I've, Detroit looks competitive. Uh, they've, they've been particularly lucky uh, in a few categories, so I think there's some regression there. They're also going to sell off pieces closer to the deadline, but the Royals look like they want to be competitive right now. And if they're going to add pieces to this team closer to the deadline to shore polls, I absolutely think they could make a run at a second wildcard spot or potentially threaten for their division. So Kansas City has caught my eye. I've bet on them a lot this season. I thought I would bet on them a lot coming into the year. Uh, and I think they're they're more legitimate than a team like Seattle, who you know is is kind of in a similar category, but showing more indicators that they're they're likely to fall back to earth. 
All right, with the Action Network, Sean Zarillo. Sean, we have one minute left. Anything on UFC 261 this weekend? Yeah, um, you know, I, I don't really see anything different going down with the Masvidal Usman fight uh, unless Usman tries to stand and knock him out, uh, put him put himself in danger. Like, he can dictate wherever he wants the fight to go. I think the, the late notice stuff with Masvidal last time was kind of overblown. He was in camp the whole time training for that fight. So, Usman... Now that Khabib is retired, he's my number one pound-for-pound fighter out there. Uh, I think he can just control this fight completely up against the cage and all the mat. Um, I, I know Namahunas looks like the more live dog of the, the two women's title fights, but I might mm-hmm. take a small shot on Jessica Andrade. If she wants to grapple with, with Shevchenko and she has five-round cardio at a, at a better weight class for her to cut to, yep. she has a path to winning rounds in this fight, and she always comes out hot, too. So you could even bet Bet on draw before the fight. Look to trade out on Shevchenko live after round one. Very good. Uh, it's an interesting way to play it. All right. Very good. Excellent. Sean Zarillo from the Action Network. Make sure you're following him on Twitter at Sean Zarillo. NFL draft nonstop for the next hour and 20 minutes. We're going to start the conversation with Charles Davis of CBS. Joe Ostrowski, Ross Tucker, Ryan Horvath on the BetQL Audio Network.